0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Red Wings. I am one of your hosts, Scott Bentley. With me, as always, 97.1 producer, Brian Fisher. Brian, how's, uh, how's the weather up there?
1: Uh, it's actually not as cold as I expected it to be. Uh, it was like 40 degrees when I was in the deer blind this evening. And then I was all pumped up to come home and watch some hockey. Found out the game wasn't until like 8.30 uh, here Eastern Time which when I have to be up at 5 in the morning, because we're recording this at 11.30 at night. I was like, okay, well, as long as the Wings put up a good performance for me, it'll be something to talk about. Well, that didn't happen.
0: That did not quite happen. We'll get into it here after I thank you all for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. All right. Uh, Red Wings dropped their second straight game to a score of 5 to, or This one was 5-2, to two, right? Five to two, yeah. So uh, not not great. Um, this one was was the first period was horrible. We'll start with that. The first period was an absolute train wreck. Um, the The second and third, I would say, were were improvements, but obviously not big enough improvements to uh, claw. I mean, we clawed back a little bit. We were within a goal there, but uh, not enough to, to take a lead at any point or to win. Uh, but mainly that we have to talk about how bad the first period was.
1: Yeah. So the first minute of the first period, the wings had like two pretty good opportunities, got two shots on net. And then after that, they didn't register their third shot on net until after 10 minutes of the first period had gone by. It was just nothing but Dallas stars that entire first period. Constantly into the defensive zone for the Detroit Red Wings, it was just it was really really hard to watch, and I kept thinking to myself, maybe I'll bail on Scotty and be like, oh man, oh dude, I gotta go to bed. Oh, I couldn't watch the game. Scotty might have to do this himself. I'm <laughs> like, I, I, I was thinking that entire first period. I'm like, man, I do not want to recap this game if this is how the whole game is gonna be.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, it it was it was not good, uh, and and genuinely, I, I, I mean the. The second and third period were big improvements. I mean, they they did like uh, after getting outshot a ton in the first, they they did kind of claw their way back there and and ended up actually uh, matching their shot total. Dallas's shot total for the game. So that's I, I mean something at least. But uh, th- really, the the biggest thing, and we kind of talked about it all fair before we started recording, but uh, the depth this game is, is where Dallas did a lot of their damage. If you look at the plus minuses for um, the the two teams, or for our, our players and the players on certain lines, the, the the further down you go in the depth, the worse and worse the plus minuses get.
1: Yeah. It was, you know, Namesnikov was a minus four, I think you said. Just not what you want to see. And then the depth scoring for... The Dallas Stars is obviously where they did all their damage. I mean, you got like Nate Robinson Robertson out there with a nice wraparound goal, and it's just and oh God that Jamie Ben with, of course, he had to score a goal against the Detroit. He's the one guy no one wanted to see score against the Detroit. He put one in the back of the net, and it was just. I mean, again, that second period was redeeming, uh, a redeeming quality of this game, and Nenadovic was a redeeming quality of this game. But when you look at the game as a whole, this game was just. There were so many bad things that happened in it. And the Red Wings honestly kind of got beat up overall.
0: They did. And one of the storylines, I mean, that's something we can talk about. One of the storylines coming into the game was the the Jamie Ben kind of, you know, return to facing the Red Wings after, I mean, we all know what happened with him uh, and Larkin and, and such last season. So that was one of the the. Biggest storylines coming into the game, and it obviously sucked that we had to watch him uh, score a goal. But it didn't seem to be too much of a distraction on the uh, on the like physicality side of the game. It didn't really seem to be something that uh, you know there there were a, like a tons of fights breaking out left and right, and and you know people going after Ben or Ben going after people or Larkin getting shoved around or anything. It didn't seem to be. Uh, t- too terribly bad, and a lot of people. Some people hoped that that it would be. You know, some people hoped that that Ben would kind of have that that target on his back, and it that what did not seem to be the case. It kind of seemed like everything was kind of under the bridge, and it was really just, just a normal game. Well, you know, what? I'm going to say it, and uh, I, I
1: based on what I'm looking at Twitter. And, you know, Twitter's a lot of times a vocal minority, but good. I mean, good that it was water under the bridge because. You don't need a guy like Larkin, who, and we, he ended up leaving the game after the second period. We can talk about that later on. Um, but you don't need a guy like Larkin, who's your captain, who you need on the ice to score goals, who is honestly frequently injured um, to go out and pick a fight with Jamie Ben and then get himself further hurt. I mean, at this point, if the two of them were to go off the ice, it hurt the Red Wings more than it would hurt the Dallas Stars, because Jamie Ben, let's face it, despite the fact that he scored a goal tonight, sucks. He's not very good anymore. Like, that's just, that, that's, like, even I've heard Dallas Stars say it. Like, he is not worth the money. They're paying him at this point. I think they said on the broadcast in the last 100 games, he's only scored, like, 30 goals. And he's just, he's not been the player that they expected him to be when they signed that long extension. So if Rick, Dylan Larkinward got there and pick a fight with him, it would hurt us more than it would hurt them, and so I'm glad that it was water under the bridge, so they can move on.
0: Yeah, big time. There, there, there's no point in in getting hung up and, and waste. Like I, I totally understand this is a sport with fights in it, and that's like normal, right? Like that's I, I definitely understand wanting to go after and get some retaliation to an extent, but the but especially for Larkin specifically, it makes zero sense as as far as uh, like helping the team tonight. That that would have made no sense. I I guess if you really wanted to do something, maybe like you dress Giovanni Smith and just like send him out there. And and you know what I mean? But again, Ben is not nearly talented enough or productive enough at this point in his NHL career for that to really be a thing.
1: Most of the vitriol, Directed at Jamie Ben comes from the Detroit Red Rings fan base. Like, I obviously am, you know, like I, I resent him for what he did to Dylan Larkin, but I mean that can stay among the fan base because we don't need our star players or as close to stars as we have going out there picking fights against guys who are gonna beat the crap out of them and having them get penalties or get hurt because of it. I mean, it it sucks, but you need Dylan Larkin on the ice more than you need him in the penalty box. That's just He's just good. you need like we you saw with the goal he scored tonight. yeah, that was, it was
0: amazing. no, great transition yeah Larkin even though the team uh obviously did did not put together a very strong three period long performance there Larkin, I thought looked really good in the what period and a half two periods that he played. yeah, I mean
1: he has looked consistently good the last three three or four games now despite the fact that the team only having had one one of the last four games now, which is actually pretty depressing to say out loud. Four-game losing streak transitions to a three-game winning streak transitions to winning one in the last four, but that, that's just the nature of the beast. That's the nature of the Red Wings, especially as we talked about consistency on a, on a day-in, day-out basis. Um, but Dylan Larkin, he has been the one guy on each of those games who has come out and looked consistently good and then that power play goal that he had of course assisted by Raymond assisted by Cider you love to see that and then that shot just bar down beauty
0: yeah it was a beauty you know and and anytime we get a we get a Raymond Larkin moment it, it becomes an instant hit on uh, on social media and such but no it was it was a beautiful play and and i i mean Larkin throughout his his entire time on the ice was was looked really good, and that's been a, a thank thankfully a, a somewhat of a theme all year. I mean he's he's played in in a couple of games where the rest of the team did not look that good, and this is not the first time this has happened. I guess is basically what I'm trying to say. This is not the first time that the rest of the team didn't show up and Larkin showed out.
1: No, it really hasn't been, and that's that's what that's one thing you need out of a, a captain is that quality, that quality of you know just because the rest of the team isn't playing their best hockey, you know that your leader, your number one guy, is going to show up and show out every single game, and he he has been when he's been in the lineup. Obviously, he left um, you know after the second period in tonight's game, and they did. Jeff Blashill did talk about why, but I wasn't sure if he wanted to maybe save that for another segment or not, but. um Yeah, he has been one of the few bright spots consistently because, you know, we talk about consistency. Dylan Larkin has been consistently good in a night in and night out out basis, and it's been really fun to watch.
0: Absolutely. And we will get into those comments and uh, the the rest of the team's performance here after this. But first, I got to tell you all about Bilt Bar, because I love Thanksgiving. All the good foods, all the treats, there's plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for built Bars. Built Bars is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it after. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and have plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Bilt Bar. Go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of the raspberry cream pie. There's lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar too. Share some at family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. You know what? Aunt Betty needs to try a freaking built bar. It's getting ridiculous.
1: We just need to, honestly, if we just gave her one salted caramel built bar, she would understand. Yeah. She
0: understand. There'd be no more pies at, at any Thanksgiving. It would just be Built Bars. But Aunt Betty, we'll, we'll, we'll get her there. We'll get her there. We'll, we'll by Thanksgiving. She'll she'll be having Built Bars. Don't you worry, buddy. Can you imagine the mass
1: she'd be able to accumulate eating Built Bars on Thanksgiving? Just sheer muscle, she'd be ripped.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But but you know we'll we'll get her there. We'll get her there. There's also nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. At built.com. So go to built.com use promo code lock15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com. Last play in this period. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked On Red Wings. Thanks for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Recapping a five to two. Loss at the hands of the Dallas Stars. I'm still so sick and tired of playing them. But we... <laughs> well, it,
1: lucky for you, it's like what? The the one of two games they play against them this year? Because
0: they're yes. back in the Western
1: Conference. Yes, thankfully.
0: Thankfully. Um, so let's jump into... You, we kind of teased it before the break there. Let's jump into the comments uh, about why Larkin did not play the third period. He ended tonight with under 13 minutes of ice time. Uh, and, and I believe we got the we we found out literally right before we pressed record. So at I'm I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we got to find out before we we got on air here. But uh, it sounds like it is COVID protocols, right? Yeah, and that's that's
1: all that Jeff Blashell said that we know of right now as we record. Again, it's like 11:30 at night, right after the game ended, while we record this, and the tweet came across my iPhone banner. And like right as we were about to hit record. And um, I, 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 that could mean he tested positive or he, somebody he knows tested positive and through contact tracing, he had to be pulled from the game. This is going to sound a little weird when I say this, but I almost had a sigh of relief when I read that because of the fact that he, you know, he's gotten the shot. If he did test positive, his symptoms are going to be very, very mitigated, very mild. So, it's something that he should be able to recover from fairly, fairly quickly. Well, we were thinking that, oh, he left because of another injury. Oh, here comes Dylan, Dylan Larkin getting injured again against the Dallas Stars. But, um, I mean, not saying it's a good thing that he got sick, but compared to the alternative that I was thinking could have been happening, and it could have, like, even if he did test positive, it could have been a false positive. I think that he's out for, because he's vaccinated, he only has to get, I think, two negative tests within like a back-to-back day period or something along those lines. I'm not really well versed in the COVID protocols, but he can be back on the ice fairly quickly because he's vaccinated through COVID protocol, where if he was injured, could have taken a lot longer.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, um, the NHL is, has obviously done a really good job at, at, uh, making their, their vaccination percentage very high, one of the highest in, in all of, uh, all the sports leagues. Um, it it i understand what you're saying with the sigh of relief thing though like you, you you see your captain leave and then not come back for the entire third and you think the worst and and, and obviously every, everybody's going to think of of last season and, and think of the the injury and stuff and um uh, so even though I, I, obviously no one wants anyone to catch covid everyone's exactly pretty pretty that. tired of this thing um but it it is at, at a minimum, it is someone somewhat nice that uh, he's vaccinated, and he will uh, he'll miss a couple of days. He'll be, he'll be forced to hold out a couple of days, and then hopefully he, his symptoms are mild because of, of being vaccinated, and he can he can come back on the ice here uh, in a couple of days. That, that does make his status for Thursday in question. Thursday against Vegas, um, I I guess the the from a pure hockey perspective, then. You look forward at Thursday's game, and you go, "Okay, well, we've seen how this team performs without Dylan Larkin, and we're going to against Vegas, who is a very good team, and we we the status of, of our of our best player is in question."
1: Yeah, and uh, like I don't want to, I didn't want to make it seem like I was downplaying COVID whatsoever. I definitely wasn't. It's horrible illness that's killed a lot of people, but just from the the viewpoint of like. I was thinking he was hurt, and now it's like okay, well, it's something that he's got protection against. But uh, enough about that. Uh, on the, the Vegas thing, yeah, it's it's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting to see what the lineup might look like without Larkin in. We'll probably we, we logically speaking, we know that Pew Suter is probably gonna slot it into one C role. But I wouldn't want to move up Rasmussen. I wouldn't want to move up um, any anyone else besides maybe and this. Don't don't give me crap for this. I'm gonna say it, Scotty, but Joe Valeno in the second C line because he's the he's the one guy who needs to be groomed for top six minutes.
0: Yeah, the, I mean this that really does play into exactly what we were talking about in yesterday's show. Yeah, like the you know if if somebody does go down in the top six, Valeno will then have an opportunity to go more. If it's not Valeno, because because he's already replacing an injury. Right, Valeno. Like he's already replacing a center injury, so if he if it isn't Valeno, uh does Robbie Fabry play two C? He can. Is that like is that the Stude move? Or I, I you'd
1: have to jumble the lineup a lot more because you've had Fabry playing pretty consistently on the wing there, but he has played. I do believe he's played a game at one C after Suter had that one horrible game when Larkin was out. I mean, Fabry's got center experience. You can throw him in there, um, but when I'm looking at who you want at center, I would want somebody who you're groomed. Like just just because logic is realistically speaking, rather what we know this year is going to be for the Red Wings. If there's an opportunity to give Joe Valeno top six minutes to continue his growth as a top six forward, I'd rather give it to him than Robbie Fabry who, while could definitely play center in a top-six role, is more or less going to be relegated to playing the wing for the rest of his tenure here at the Detroit Red Wings, like he already has been.
0: For sure. And, and I mean, just trying to think of, of if it's not Valeno, who even else it, it could be. Like, I, I guess Rasmussen, maybe? Nemestnikov? Nemestnikov, I could see.
1: I could... He's despite tonight with his minus four, he's actually minus four, by
0: the way, yeah. minus four. Yeah. Tough. Everyone had a bad game. Like yeah. Lost minus tough. That, you know? Tough. That's a tough day at the office.
1: It is for sure. But like outside of this game, you know, he's had a pretty, he's been on a pretty good hot streak and he has played top six minutes at points in his career. So I could see him being slotted up there, and he's still playing center. But Michael Rasmussen, absolutely not. No, uh, I, he's
0: I just, agree with he's that.
1: Just behind his wheelhouse.
0: I agree with that. Um, okay, we will get into the uh, the last part of this game. Talk a little Philip Zadina action in the third. But first, I got to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. We're back in better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before but online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season so head to our new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus 50 on your first deposit just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball nhl boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his
1: tonic and gin. <laughs> we are
0: back for our third and final segment of Locked On Red Wings, recapping again a five to two loss to the Dallas Stars. We have to address. Philip Zedina, because just a a mere 24 hours ago, you and I were talking about Philip Zedina and his uh, his career up to this point, his season so far this year, and uh, kind of the conversation around the trajectory of his career via where he was drafted and the expectations put on him, and then he goes out there, scores a nice little goal tonight.
1: You know what, Scotty? I got to give it to us. I think we did a phenomenal job last night sitting on the fence real well there so that when he does come out and score that goal tonight, we don't look like complete asses. (laughs) We did talk about, like, he hadn't hadn't had a lot of uh, production so far this season. And last season, he hadn't had a a whole lot of production. But we also did preach he hasn't played a single full NHL season yet. He's only played a little over 100 games in the NHL as a total – so continue to be patient with him for at least a little bit longer before you pass judgment. And then he goes out there and it was a wicked backhand shot. Like it was he was his backhand shot was harder than my forehead hand shot, let's put it that way. <laughs> of course that's
0: You're mistake. a defender. It's your defender. Yeah. It's all
1: right. It's, 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 yeah. yeah, let's use that as the I totally just <laughs> stuck at that game of hockey. Uh, but he he was he, he was excellent in that in that one instance. Um it was a great saucer pass from Sam Gagne out there too, and Gagne
0: continues to be like I just I I love I love that guy. Like what he brings to the team. Perfect. Such a fantastic depth piece. No, for real. I mean, he is he is the like he is exactly what every competitive team wants their like third or fourth line grinder wings to be. He's only like twenty
1: eight too, which drives me. Like I think we've talked about this before, but he does not feel like he's twenty eight. Yeah, looks like he's been in the league for like fifteen years.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Well, that's nothing you do there. <laughs> no, and 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 Zadina, the the shot was a beauty, and I'm not sure this really changes too terribly much on the. You know, it's one game. I don't know how much this changes on the the dialogue we kind of started yesterday. But regardless, it, it was a it was an absolute beauty, and there were certainly. Uh, quite a few players who looked a lot worse than Philip Zadina today. So, I, I mean, we'll take it. I
1: mean, you could name the players who looked a lot worse than him because there's only two goal scorers and a total of five guys who got a point in this game. Did anyone get a secondary assist on those Zadina goals? But so anyone outside of those possible six players and Ndudkovich, throw Ndudkovich in there too, seven players. I mean, the rest of the roster this looked black, Like, there was no energy. And actually... That's a thing we got to bring up too like there was no energy like this is the first game that they've played on the second half of a back-to-back where you could visibly tell they were fatigued and I mean of course they are they, they freaking flew from Columbus to play a game in Dallas in less than 24 hours or I guess a little over 24 hours from the puck drop of their last game like it's just that the NHL come on you got to do better than that
0: we've I mean we've had a, a heck of a like last week, we had a we had a back to back thrown in there. We had, you know what I mean, like scheduling wise. We've had we've had quite a little ring around there.
1: Yeah, and I it's the third week in a row that they've done a back to back to the Red Wings like this. Um, they had the back to back of Mo- in Montreal and then in Chicago, and then they had the back to back of was it they they had the Toronto game? No, am I am I misremembering this?
0: The Montreal. Um, the first Montreal series was a back-to-back. I do have everything in front of me right now. The first back-to-back was the the one where we got slapped by Montreal.
1: And then they played in Chicago with Lucas Raymond Hattrick. Right. And then they also played again. Was that Toronto and Boston they had a back-to-back?
0: Boston was, was part of the back-to-back, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, and then obviously we had this tonight so there have been a few different back-to-back weekends and it's just I don't understand why it continues to be scheduled this way and it, the fatigue is definitely showing the team tonight and it's just
0: especially in I mean, the depth I mean like we talked about yeah. earlier that the depth was gr- like I know plus minus is like a super flawed stat and not something yeah, to take no no I, I'm not either and it's not anything that you should take with with uh e- even a remote ounce of like this is how well this player played or whatever but um when you know all all of our depth pieces were the ones that were down in the in the three to four plus like negative range um and and you know the like the top line was out there for a goal against or two and 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 such but uh the the depth is really where dallas got their advantage and took advantage um and and i just think that when you're already running on fumes and you're already tired then going out there and, and playing a team who, who potentially has more depth than you and has fresher legs on the third and fourth lines in the bottom six, that was absolutely one of the biggest differences tonight, and that tonight yeah, that, that proves mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's hard enough when, so a home and a back-to-back home game stand is like one thing, but to go from a back-to-back and then go on the road for back to back And it's not the first time it's happened in the season. I mean, they went from Toronto to Montreal. Now they're going from, we're not, let me double check on that. I don't want to, before I misspeak. Uh, they went from Montreal to Chicago rather. And now today they went from Columbus to Dallas. It's just, I don't want to make excuses for the Red Wings. I mean, it's still on them to come out prepared and play, ready to play. But it's just, it's you got to you got to also realize that like that may have also played a factor. So like, while you don't want to cut them too much slack, you also kind of have to keep it in the back of your mind like, yeah, they probably were a little bit worn out. But but yeah, Phil Zena scored a goal. That was cool.
0: That was up. cool. Whoa! Up for that. <laughs> Phil Zena <laughs> scored a goal. Whoa! Um, yeah, the only other thing really I, I wanted to touch on we we can end on on the defense because. Uh, it was it was pretty rough, uh, especially in the first period. But really throughout the entire game, it, it it in the second period I guess it was okay. But but the first and third period the defense was was honestly pretty brutal. Um, and uh, we did get a nice a nice hit out of out of cider, which is cool and fun. And and people will post clips of it, and uh, I'll post clips of it, and we'll all be like, oh look how fun, <laughs> Mo cider is. But um, the the team defense as a whole was was pretty rough, and I don't think there have been too many performances this year where we've been like, oh my goodness, the defense was incredible tonight.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. So the first period, especially, if we're focusing on the worst period of the game. It's hard to gather how bad that like the defense was really all to blame there. Or if it was just, it was probably more of a combined effort of the whole team just being kind of tired, because it, nobody could touch the puck in the first period. And it was bad. It, it was just really, really brutal. The one player who, despite only making 26 saves on the 30 shots he faced, if I'm remembering correctly. I guess it'd probably be 27 saves on 29 shots if you count the, once you count the empty net goal, because that doesn't go, that doesn't count against uh, Nedeljkovic. Um, I mean, he looked phenomenal. I mean, he was just getting peppered and abused all game long. And so, like, don't let the fact that he left four goals in deceive you. He stood on his head the entire game. Like, even though the defense wasn't playing that well in front of him, even though the forwards weren't playing that well in front of him, he played out of his mind, and he had that highlight reel blocker save. And I think it was in the third period, it's like where I was like, holy cow, he's going to tear his coin going just looks like that. But it was insane.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, and, and yeah, we got a nice hit, though. You got a nice hit. You got a nice hit.
1: Well we gotta come up with a nickname for that because Cronwall. You just got Mowed. Cider
0: <laughs> I like that one a lot better than Mowed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mowed down?
0: You Mowed just down? got mode the lawn mode. Lawn. We got mode down. Lawn Mowed down. We'll work on it. We'll brainstorm. We'll brainstorm.
1: Mowed down Motown.
0: Mode Mow Town Mo. Mowed town, Mo. Mo Cider. <laughs> <That's just me>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any final words? Moe any final thoughts, Brian?
1: Uh, I, I'm going to stick with Mo Cider from now on. Just use his whole name as a
0: verb. You just got Mo Cidered.
1: There we go. We <laughs> don't need a special nickname, we're going to make his name his nickname.
0: All right, everybody, thank you for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Brian, have a uh, have a fun early morning tomorrow. Um, yeah. We will be back in your the listeners' ears tomorrow uh, for a nice little off-day show, previewing the Vegas game and, and whatever news... Uh, comes out in the next uh, day. So hopefully a negative Larkin test. Uh that's it. Same time, same place. You're locked your on Red Wings. Every your day. daily podcast on the Detroit
1: Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.